What's going on, Coastal Community Church? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us on this holiday. Can you guys help me out and help me welcome everybody that's watching online and everybody at our life? Come on, let's give it up for them, man. We love you guys. We're so glad that you're joining us this weekend at church, no matter where you are. And uh, by the way, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And man, I I'm pumped that you're here. We're in week two of a series that we're calling Blessed. And, and, and the hope of this series is that, you know, we want to help you get as healthy as possible as a church. That's kind of our goal for this year. We thought it was, was something that God really spoke to me in the beginning of the year is that this word health. And so throughout this year, we've been talking to you about, man, we want to see you become the healthiest individuals, the healthiest families. We want to become the healthiest church in South Florida. And so what that means is that we've been addressing different aspects of our lives throughout this year. And this, this series is all based around our financial life because we want to see you healthy when it comes to your finances. And we're not a church that shies away from talking about money because money is like the biggest stressor of life. Can we all be honest? Like when life is good and money is good, like Ain't no season better than that season right there. You know, like when, when money's good and life's good, that's awesome. But when life is bad and money is tight, there ain't no stress like some money stress. Come on, somebody. Like that is, that is like the struggle of all struggles. And so what we want to do as a church is we want to help you get free in those things. And we're going to help you overcome those things. And I know that there's a room, this room here is full of people that, that are honest and transparent because that's why you're at church. You want to be honest and transparent with your life. And so I want to start off today by asking you a question, no matter whether you're in Lighthouse Point or right here. And so here is my question for you this morning, what, whether you were in your 20s or your 30s, maybe your 40s, possibly 50s, 60s, 70s, who knows, maybe even in your 80s. How many of you have ever made a stupid financial decision? Go ahead and raise your hand. Stupid financial decision. Okay. Quite a few of you. If you're sitting next to somebody that did not raise your hand, they are a liar. So just so you know, like liar, liar, pants on fire right there in this room, because here's what I know. Every single one of us have made a stupid financial decision at some point in their life. In fact, I, I thought it would be good for me to share with you my stupid financial decision. So when Shayla and I got married, it was the year 2000. We moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to college. And when we were in college, you know, the first thing that they do in college is they hand you these little plastic thing called credit cards. And, and, and they were handing them out like candy. I don't know what the deal is at college, but it's like, hey, you want a credit card? Here's one. You want another one? Here's another one. And in our first year of college, we are away from home. Uh, we racked up over $30,000 worth of credit card debt. Some of y'all are like, man, if there would have been a class on how, how much debt can you get in, we would have aced that class. Like, we were good at it. And, and that wasn't even the dumbest thing that I did. I haven't even gotten to the dumb part of the story yet. And so we were away from home. We were away from all of our family at school. And, and, and while we were getting all this stuff, like, I realized my wife was lonely. And so I was like, man, I, I need to do something to, to help her feel more comforted. And so what I did is I went out and I bought her a black Mercedes. Now, let me explain to you what this black Mercedes was. It was a black lab puppy that I called Mercedes, okay? So like, I wasn't that much of a, I look, all the credit card debt would not have allowed me to buy a real Mercedes, okay? But here's the deal. I bought her this puppy thinking that this is going to be this incredible gift, and what it ended up being was hell on earth. 
Like normally I dog cats and cats are destined for hell, but this dog was right there with them. Like this dog was so bad, it was, it was, it was crazy, it was, it was demon possessed, I seriously believe that. And this dog cost us so much money. It's like, I was like, man, I remember the day that we convinced somebody to take the dog that we paid thousands of dollars for, that was purebred, we were like, we'll give them to you. In fact, we might even pay you for them. Like if you just take them, it was the dumbest financial decision I have ever made in my life. And, and, and so I've realized that all of us have made some dumb financial decisions. And maybe you're sitting out there today and you're feeling a little bit of shame. You're feeling a little bit of guilt about the financial decisions that you made. Let me just help you feel a little bit better because there's been nobody on earth that has made a worse financial decision than this guy right here. His name is Ronald Wayne. And Ronald Wayne in the early 70s decided to get in business with two guys. They both were named Steve, and they decided to start this little company called Apple Computers. Maybe you've heard of it. And February 12, 1976, Ronald Wayne didn't really believe that Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak had what it took to build a great company. And so he went to them and said, hey, I wanna sell my 10% share back to you guys. And this is what he sold his 10% share for, $800. That 10% share today would be worth $200 billion. How many of you know Ronald Wayne made the worst financial decision of all time? Like, no matter how bad of a decision you've made, it can't be worse than Ronald Wayne's. <laughs> Like Ronald Wayne is still being talked about today for his dumb decision. You don't remember, nobody remembers your dumb decision. So I, I, I wanna bring some, a message to you today. This is gonna bring some encouragement to your life. Some of you guys are gonna be frustrated that, that you've never heard this before or you, you're hearing it later in life. And here's the deal, fix what you can. And then take it to people that are in their teens and in their 20s and their early 30s and make sure they know this information. But I want to talk to you today about a subject that I think is very, very important. And here's what it is. I want to talk to you about acting your wage. I didn't figure there'd be a lot of amens right there. <laughs> Act your wage. If I can challenge you when it comes to your financial world a little bit this weekend as we look at your finances because we live in a day and an age and we live in a culture where we spend and we spend and we spend and we spend and then we spend a little bit more. And I'm gonna, gonna be honest, I'm probably gonna step on some toes. In fact, I might even stomp on some. But I, I need to bring some encouragement for you to act your wage. And here's why I would say that. It's because I don't believe that today we have an income problem. People are making more money today than they've made in the history of the world. In fact, there has been more wealth that has been created in the last two years than there was in the last hundred years, statistically speaking. In fact, I was in a coffee shop a couple of weeks ago and I saw a, a, a help wanted sign with starting wage $16 an hour plus a $100 sign-on bonus. And I thought to myself, why couldn't I be 16 right now? Because like when I started working in service industry as a kid, the starting wage was $4.75 and my sign-on bonus was a t-shirt that I was gonna wear at that junk. <laughs> like we're making more money than we've ever made. The problem is, is that we're more strapped financially than we've ever been, not because we don't make enough, it's because we spend too much. 
Let me give you some statistics about our finances right now. 95% of married people argue about money regularly. In fact, some of you argued about money on the way to church. Some of you are going to argue about money on the way home from church today. In fact, it's the number two reason for divorce behind infidelity. So it's a, it's a big deal when it comes to our marriage relationships. The average number of American households living paycheck to paycheck right now in America is 59%. That means six out of every 10 families in here, if you were to miss a paycheck, you'd be underwater. You would be struggling. That's our current reality. Roughly 66% of those surveyed this year don't expect to have enough money to retire at age 65. This is the world we live in, like, where we just don't have enough. 21% of Americans have no retirement savings. And let's be real, if we were to ask for a, a show of hands, how many people have retirement savings right now, we'd be shocked yeah. at the amount of hands that don't go up. In fact, the average person that's retiring, this isn't a st stat that I have out there, but it's the average person that's retiring right now at the age of 65 has $151,000 saved for retirement, and they're relying on the government to pay for their future. They're not doing so hot right now. 55% of Americans believe that they will have to work past the age of 65. Here's the one that, that really got me, is the average American spends $1.45 for every dollar earned. Like, we got to put this in perspective for we're spending 45% more than we actually bring in. Again, we don't have an income problem. We have a spending problem. And a major issue in that is debt. And, and one of the, the debt issues that a lot of people are struggling with right now is student loan debt. In fact, the average student loan debt is $32,741 per person that has student loan debt. Like a lot of people are starting out with a deficit and we have to do something about it. But I think the bigger issue isn't even student loan debt. It's these little plastic things that are in every single one of our wallets out there. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but there's about 330 300 million Americans that are out there. Do you know that there's over 1.06 billion credit cards in circulation right now with, with interest rates as high as 59.9%. And some of you are sitting there and you're going, that's crazy. But that's you. That's me. That's the reality of our world today. And if we're honest, the majority of us probably have four or five of these cards right now in our pockets. Like we have got to do something. Like why are we in this predicament? I'll tell you why the Bible tells us. In Proverbs 13 verse 7, it says, one person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. We pretend. That is the world that we live in, in a social media-driven culture. We live in this world where we're trying to impress people that we don't even know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I run into 22, 23, 24-year-olds that walk into church that are 
name brand designer out. Like their outfits cost more than my entire wardrobe. And I know what they do for a living. I know what they make. And I'm like, you can't afford that. But you're Gucci'd out with Louis and you've got, you've got the Tiffany diamonds on and, and, and you, you look the part. And here's what I know is you think that if I have, then I'll have peace. If I have, then I'll experience joy. If I have, then I will have happiness in my life. And I'm just here to tell you, you are being sold a lie. God brought me here today to church to give you this phrase, act your wage. Proverbs 22, 7 says it like this. Just as the rich rules the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. And that word servant there is actually a poor translation. If you were to look at the, the original language, that, that word servant is the word abed, and it's actually a, a slave or somebody that's in bondage. And so I want you to think about the worst version of slavery where you're totally in bondage without control, and that's exactly what debt does in our life. And I, and I see it in people's lives all the time because they're like, I want to do something, but I can't. I, 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 I want to have kids, but I can't afford it. I want to go on vacation with my family, but I can't afford it. I, I, I want to follow God's plan for my life, but I can't afford that. And what are they saying? They're saying, man, I, there's things that I want to do, but I'm being controlled by something else. And, and, and I want to help free some people today and let you know that you're not called to be a master of anything besides the master Jesus himself who has a purpose and plan for your life. And it's time for some of us to get free from things that are holding us back. And if you're going to be the healthy person that God has called you to be, you've got to get free from this thing today. And so my hope is that, is that as this message comes, that it will help encourage you. It will help challenge you. It will help free you so you can actually live out the purpose and plan that God has in your life. So let me give you three biblical values to act your wage today. Number one is this, is you have to embrace the value of self-control. And nobody likes hearing about self-control. Like, none of us are like, oh, I like self-control. No, 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 I, I don't like self-control. I like when donuts come into the office, I like to eat them. Why? Because I lack self-control. Come on, let's be honest. Like, when the cookie's on the table, like, I want the cookie. But what self-control is, 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 is it's, we're not going to give ourselves to whatever comes into our mind or whatever the world is trying to sell us because we are people with self-control. The proverb says it like this. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. What do walls do? They protect. What do, what do walls do? They, 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 they keep you in, in check. And you can't be protected. You can't stay in check. You are actually defenseless in life. You have no protection if you don't have any self-control in your life. Why? Because we're like children. We think it, therefore we want it. That's, that's our culture today. Oh, oh, ooh, I like that. I have to have it. And let's be honest, it wasn't like that 100 years ago. 
We didn't have the instant gratification society. That, in fact, 20, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have the instant gratification society that we have now. Like, like think about it. Like 30 years ago, when I was a kid, if I wanted new clothes, this is what it took to get new clothes. I couldn't just get it instantaneously on Amazon like we do right now. What you had to do is you had to get dressed. You had to get in your car. You had to drive to these places called malls that barely exist today. You would go store to store to store to find the thing that you were looking for. When you found it, you would go into a dressing room, try it on. If it fit, you would come out and go up to the counter and say, I would like to purchase this. They would give you the amount. You would pull out this thing out of your wallet called a checkbook. You would open it up and there was a ledger in there that would let you know how much money you actually had. Then you would have to turn to the check and physically write out the amount. Like there was some thought process that went into this. You would then go back to the ledger, put in the amount, subtract it. You had to do math. Can you believe that? wasn't a calculator there. Like you had to do shorthand math, find out what your balance was. You would hand them the check and you would think at that moment that they would give you the merchandise. But no, no, no. You know what they would say? Can I see your ID? Like they didn't trust you. They would take your ID. They would write down every piece of information, where you live, your firstborn child, how many kids you planned on having, like what your social security number, like they took all of it because if you did not pay, they were coming to your house and they were gonna take all of your clothes and your dignity. <laughs> they didn't really do that, but that's what I thought that they were gonna do. But that's not how it works today, is it? No, 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 it's one click and some services will deliver that stuff in four hours to your house. Why? Because we don't have any self-control. We think it means because we think it, we've got to have it. Like, and we're crazy and we think, we think crazy things today. Like things are signs from God. Like you're driving down the road today after church and and, and, and you pass a mattress store and you pull up your phone and you open up Instagram and all of a sudden there's an ad for a mattress and you think it's a sign from God. God wants me to have a new mattress. Like there's an ad, I was, uh, there's a store. It's gotta be a supernatural, he's speaking. No, 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 that's called geo-tracking. That's what good advertisers do. You're talking to your spouse about a vacation that you would love to take. You get on Facebook and there's an ad for sandals. You're like, all-inclusive, Jesus, thank you, Lord. No, 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 that's good advertising. And what advertisers know is that you lack self-control. So we have to learn how to say a word that is, is a difficult word for us to say in our society. But I'm going to teach it to you today. In fact, it translates in a lot of languages. And it's this word called no. Come on, we're going to practice it on the count of three. Lighthouse point included. We're going we're to do it. One, two, three. No. It's pretty good pretty good. Here's why we have to say no. We have to learn to say no for a little while in order to say yes later in life. We have to learn how to say no. And this is called self-control. Like, and some of us have never learned how to say no. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'm going to help you guys out. I'm going to give you a quiz today just to help you with some yes or no answers to get you in the right mindset for going forward in the future. So first question is, is do you really need to buy a $5 cup of coffee every single day? 
Okay, that wasn't very good participation right there. I heard people like, no. Like, no, you don't. Like, I'll watch people roll in here with Starbucks and, and all these different things. I'm like, do you know that we have free coffee here? Like, you just wasted money on something you could have gotten for free here that was actually blessed and not profiting Howard Schultz. Okay, ladies, ladies, let, let me ask you a question. Do you need to get your nails done once a week? Yeah. <laughs> They're negotiating down here on the front row at Parkland. They're like, <laughs> let me help you out, ladies, down here. No, you don't. You guys are terrible at this game. I'm just letting you know that right now. <laughs> terrible at it. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come pastor you guys right now, okay? I'm going to come pastor you. Well, I'm going to help you out, okay? So, so I, I just want to let you know something. You don't have to hide your nails. It's okay. And this is for every lady, but these ones in particular. As guys, we don't care. Like, like, no guy has ever been like, dude, dude, did you see the nails on that one? <laughs> like, do you think that they were real or they were dip powdered? <laughs> we don't care. I had to ask my wife what dip powdered one. Was, okay. <laughs> Okay, because I can't just pick on, on the ladies. Guys. <laughs> Are you giving me material right now? Okay, I see how it is. Do you, do you need to go do that activity like golf multiple times a week or fishing? No. Parkland, you are terrible at answering questions today. No, you don't. How about this? Parents, does your 12-year-old need an iPhone? No. Oh, okay, now I got your attention. Some students are like, yes, we do. And the world will tell you, yes, you do. And, and they'll tell you, all of my friends have an iPhone at 12. And here's what I would say. All of your friends' parents are up to their eyeballs in debt too. You know what would be a better use of that money? Is to take that $1,000 and go on a vacation that would actually create a memory that would change their life rather than giving them something that will probably ruin their life. Just, just. Just being transparent here and trying to help some people and pastor them today. We got to learn how to say no. Here's why. Here's what I've learned. Write it down in your notes. If you learn to live like no one else, one day you can truly live like no one else. So you have to live in such a way that you live differently than everybody else in the world lives. And I'm gonna, you got to go, I'm going to break the materialism that's on my life and I'm gonna to learn to say no because I have self-control in my life. Number two, you have to embrace the value of sacrifice. Again, more words that people love. We have to embrace the value of sacrifice and sacrifice is, is despite the fact that I can have those things. Like I can afford those things. I can, I can have those things in my life. I'm gonna give them up because there is a greater purpose in my life than just having things. And this is how we're called to live as Christ followers. In fact, this word sacrifice has become a dirty word in our culture, but I want you to know that it's actually a biblical word. 
Like it's a word that we are to embrace as Christians. Like we, we should live a little bit more simply. We, we say it like this. We, we live simply so others can simply live. So we live sacrificially, and we know that while we can't have what's cool and what's popular and what's trendy right now, no, 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 we're going to sacrifice, we're going to hold back from some of those things and because, because we want to live more like Christ. In fact, Jesus was described this way in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. It's a key phrase. He endured the cross. What did he do? He sacrificed. See, all of us, here, here's the problem with our day and in our age. We think that if we get, we'll get joy. But what we fail to realize is that it's in the giving that joy comes. That's why everybody loves the Christmas seasons because it's the one time of year where you actually are not stingy and greedy and selfish. You actually give and you're like, oh, did you experience a Christmas joy? No, no, no. That's a Christian principle of living sacrificially. I'm not going to consume so much. I'm going to be a generous person and generosity produces joy in my life, not selfishness. And so what that means is that when you go, man, I, I'm going to choose to live sacrificially. You're not going, oh my gosh, I can't have that. No, no, I'm going, I'm choosing not to have that. And because I'm not doing this life for my glory, but for God's glory, I'm not doing this for, for my, my fame, but I want Jesus to be famous in this life. And I've just learned that at times we give up something we love for something we love even more. And some of us haven't, haven't experienced this, but it's something we, we live by here as a church. We give up something we love for something we love even more. And I learned this very early in our marriage. As I said, we, we, we put ourselves in about $30,000 worth of credit card debt. And the one thing that I've loved all of my life is I've always loved having nice vehicles. I grew up in an extremely wealthy family, and, and I always had nice vehicles. And at the time, I had a really, really nice vehicle, and, and I realized, man, I love this thing. But you know what I loved even more? I, I love the idea of not having this burden of debt in my life. So I remember we sold this vehicle that I had, and I went out and I bought this, this car. It, it, it's the only car that I could afford that was cash. It was a nice 19, I'll never forget this car. It's a 1990 Ford Taurus station wagon. Can you imagine driving that at 21 years old? That is not like, hey, let's go pick up your wife and look really cool. 1994 Taurus station wagon. It was primer gray because somebody had painted it with primer because it had been in so many accidents. None of the gauges on the inside of it worked. So, so like you didn't know how fast you were going. You didn't know if you had gas in the vehicle. Like it was pure, like you couldn't turn on a turn signal. None of it worked, but it got me from a to B. And let me just tell you something. That car was ugly, but it was anointed with about a quarter oil every single week. Like it got me from A to B. And here's what I know is I gave up something I loved having a nice car for something I loved even more. Freedom, margin, the ability to go on vacation, the ability to be generous in my life. So I gave up something I loved for something I love even more. And some of us, we've got to make a decision in life. Am I going to give up something I love? I know you love having seven different subscription services for different streaming things and cable television. But you know what you would love even more? Not paying for 2022's Christmas in 2023. So what if you gave up something you love right now so you can have something you love even more in the future? And this is the life, honestly, that church, God has called us to. 
It's the life he's called us to. It's, it's, and, and here's what we do in the world today. We go, well, I can have this and I can have this too. And here's why we think that. It's because of those little plastic things in our wallet called credit cards. We think we can have it all. Let me just talk about this for a couple of minutes. Let me give you some, some stats on, on the reality that the average credit card balance per family in the U.S. right now is $14,517. And honestly, this is one of the lowest places it's ever been. I was just talking with a banker after our 1015 service, and he said, man, that, that thing is shooting up right now because everybody's free money they got from the government is gone, and now credit card balances are going back up because they're living beyond their means. And here's what I know is that nobody got a balance of $14,517 because they just went out and made a singular purchase. No, no, no. It's Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's little by little, and we're so unaware of the bondage that we're putting ourselves in because we just go, man, I, I see it. I want it, I have to have it now. And so many of us are thinking, man, I can have this and I can have financial freedom in my future and you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for a fail. And, and, and I know you're gonna argue back, you're gonna go, but, but Pastor TJ, I'll make the minimum payment. Like, like I, in fact, I've never missed a payment. I have outstanding credit. Okay. Okay. I'll get you. But if you were to take that $14,000, $14,517 and, and, and you were to have an average interest rate of about 18% and, and you were to make the minimum payment, which is somewhere around $217, you know how long it would take you to pay that off? It would take you 40 years to pay that off. And you know what it would end up costing you? It would cost you about $104,606.40. Like something you had to have that cost you $14,000. In reality, 40 years later, it's costing you $100,000. You have to understand if we were just sacrificial and we gave this stuff up that we're charging, we could actually have freedom in our future. But 40 years down the road, you're still going to be paying for this. So let me show you the opposite of this, which is crazy. What if instead of spending that $14,000 on Starbucks and Amazon purchases that you don't even remember, you decided to invest that money right now? He decided to invest that $14,517 at 12% interest, and you set, let it sit there for 40 years. You know what that would, that would equate to? It would equal $1.35 million. Here's what I want you to see. You give up something you love for something you love even more. Like, I love $14,517, but you know what I love even more? cents. Come on, somebody. Now, if you were to take that same $14,517 and invest it at 12% interest, but add the monthly payment of $217 into it over 40 years, you would end up with $3,597,615.75. 
You know what I love more than $14,517? But in order to have that, you actually have to live sacrificially. You have to say, I'm willing to give up something I love for something I love even more. And you have to deny yourself and, and go, even though the world says spend, 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 here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to act my wage. Yeah. I'm going to act my wage. Number three, you embrace the value of planning. And I think so many of us get into the financial issues we're in because we just don't think about what we're spending our hard-earned finances on. And we don't have this thing, and it's a dirty word in our day and age. It's the B word. It's called a budget. Like, you have to know what's coming in and what's going out and where's it going to. It's an important thing. You have to create a plan. That's what a budget is. In fact, Jesus actually talked about it. In, in Luke chapter 14, verse 28, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and build a budget? Won't you estimate the cost to see if you actually have enough money to complete it? Not can you afford the payment plan? Not, not, not can you charge that, but like, have you actually estimated the long-term effects of the decision that you're about to make right now? And here's what I would encourage you to do. And, and this is something that we've done in our life. Before you pay for it, here's what you need to do. You need to start praying for it. Yep. Like what would happen if we started inviting God into the financial decision-making of our life? I, I've learned very, very early on that anytime we're making a large purchase, we always give it 24 hours. Here's why. Because when you're in a highly emotional state, which is where you're at when you're making large purchases, like it's why at the car dealership, they don't ever want you to leave. Because they know if you leave, like you're never coming back. Because when you get home, the emotion has ran off and the reality is setting in of like, this is what it's gonna cost, this is what it's gonna take. And you're like, nope. But if they can keep you there and keep you in that emotional state, they've got you hook, line, and sinker. And so every major decision, man, 24 hours. But what if I lose out on opportunity? It probably wasn't the right opportunity then. And here's what I do in that 24 hours. I actually go to God. It's a crazy thought. And go, God, do I really need this? You know what God says most of the time? Nope. And you know what I do? I go, okay. And then a day later, I don't even remember what I was thinking about. It's an amazing process. Some of you are like, I don't believe it. That's because you've never tried it. It will change your life. A lot of us, we're, we're like my four-year-old Alexander. He was with us last weekend and we were out of the ball fields here in Parkland. There's a big lacrosse tournament going on. We were at the playground. And as we were walking out of the playground to go back to the car, there was, there was some guys that were selling like lacrosse stuff for kids. And all these kids were jumping around. They're like, oh, I got to have this. I got to have this. He's four years old. He's never seen lacrosse. He's never heard of lacrosse. He runs over and goes, pop, pop, pop. I need that. I have to have that. I'm like, dude, you don't even know what lacrosse is. You didn't even know that existed 30 seconds ago. But that's exactly how a lot of us act. Your friend gets a new car. I need a new car. Your friend gets the cool shoes. I'm, I'm tracking with you. You're like, I need some shoes. She's got the new Gucci belt. I need the double G's on my waist. 
You didn't even know that existed 30 seconds ago. Get a plan. Here's what Proverbs says. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. That's what I want. That's what I want for you. But hasty shortcuts, I'm just going to charge it. I'm just going to finance it. You know what it leads? It leads to poverty. So you got to make a plan. you got to make a plan. And, and I've just learned you, you can wander into debt, but you don't ever wander your way out of it. Like, you got to be intentional to get out of it, and we want to help you with that. We don't want to just tell you, get out of debt and not give you a way to get out of it. And so up on the screen behind me is going to be a QR code. Whether you're in Lighthouse Point, you're right here in Parkland, you're watching online. You're struggling financially, take out your phone, scan that QR code. It's for Financial Peace University. It's the same program Shayla and I used 20-something years ago. It was called something different at the time. But it's the same thing. It taught us how to get out of debt and how to get financially free in our life. And here's what I know is that we live in a, in a, in a, in a culture where everybody thinks, well, I'm in Parkland. I've got to get it all going on. You know what they call this place inside of here? They call it the emptiest place in America. Why? Because it looks good on the outside, but it's falling apart on the inside. Don't let your pride keep you from doing what you need to do to set yourself up so you're not empty in life. And listen, this is going to take some work and this is going to take some effort, but it will change your life. It'll change your financial future. Give up something you love right now for something you're going to love even more, which is being free in your future. I promise you it will change everything about your life. So two action items real quick. These come from Dave Ramsey. I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. The first one is this, is you have to save $1,000 for emergencies. Most of the crazy reasons that we're in debt is not just because we have a spending problem. It's because something crazy happened in our life that we were unprepared for. And some of you are like, well, TJ, how am I going to get $1,000? I don't know. That's for you to figure out. You, you, might, you, might, you might have to go, go deliver pizzas in the evenings. You might need to drive for Uber. You might need to go sell some, some Gucci or Louis that you have in your closet you just had to have that you don't even remember is there. You might need to go through that and consign it, do something. Whatever you have to do, go get $1,000 and put it in savings because something is going to happen. The fridge is going to break. The AC in your car is going to go out. The kid's going to swallow a marble. Those are real things, right? And so if you're not prepared for that, what does it do? It puts you in a deficit. So get prepared. Create some margin in your life. Second thing you need to do is do the debt snowball. The debt snowball is a game changer. And, and, and we'll teach you all of this in Financial Peace University. It's what Shayla and I did 20 years ago. And, and, and real quick, here's what it is. They'll, they'll throw up a chart right here is you go out and you list all of your debts. You, you went shopping at Lowe's for that home item. You went to Target and it was a bad day and, and you felt fat, so you bought some clothes and you, know, you had to get that, those extra shoes. And then, and then your, your air went out in your house and so you, you didn't have enough money. Your parents loaned you some money. You know, all these things just add up. Then what you do is you list out what you owe because it's all different amounts. And you always start with the the lowest amount up first, and then your minimum payments. And, and here's what you have to do. You have to go find $200. Well, how am I going to find that? Again, you might have to drive for Uber. You might have to give plasma, which is what I did. Like, like you can find, like, if you're desperate, you'll find ways to find $200 every month. And what you do is you put that $200 on that $50 minimum payment. All of a sudden, you're paying $250. And in two months, that first one is done. You take that 250 that you were paying, you apply it to that next one at $30. Now it's 280 in two and a half months, that one's done. 
And you just continue to do that. And if you'll do that, what'll happen is this right here, if you were to just make the minimum payments, it would take you 120 months to pay this off. Take you 10 years. But if you do the debt snowball, it'll take you 21 months. It'll take you less than two years and you'll save 99 months of payments of stuff that you don't even remember. I'm telling you, church, you sacrifice what you love right now for something you're going to love even more in life. Proverbs chapter 6 says it like this. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. The hunter is Visa. It's MasterCard. It's American Express. It's Discover. Like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Here's what I want. I want you to be financially healthy. I want a church to be the most financially healthy church. And it starts with the decision that you have got to make to say, I'm going to live by some values. And here are the values that I'm going to live by. I'm going to live with the value of self-control. I'm going to live with the value of sacrifice. I'm going to live with the value of planning. And I promise you, church, if you do this, you will discover your freedom financially like never before. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? I'm going to pray for two groups of people as we close here today. The first is those of you that are financially strapped. And I know that there's a lot of you. You're going, TJ, that's great, but I don't see how there's any way that I'm going to be able to do this. Like, I'm just up to my eyeballs and I'm struggling. And and I want you to know that I believe that God is going to give you a supernatural grace on your life. And here's the whole thing. You don't have to do this thing on your own. When Jesus died and rose back up to heaven after he had risen from the grave, he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a helper. It's the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit will encourage you, will empower you, will strengthen you, will uphold you. And so, God, I just pray right now for every man, for every woman, for every student, for every family that's out there right now that's struggling financially. God, I pray that you would give them the fortitude. I pray that you would give them the diligence. I pray that you would give them the drive to get this done. And that you would give them a supernatural grace on their life. God, that you would surround them with people that would would hold them accountable, that would celebrate when they win, that would help push them forward in their life so that they don't have to be a slave any longer to the things of this world, but God, that they can follow you diligently with all of their life. God, thank you for moving supernaturally in their hearts right now. Then there's a second group that I want to pray for. Maybe you aren't strapped financially, or maybe you actually are, but there's a bigger bondage on your life, and it's the bondage of sin. The Bible says that we're all born slaves to sin and we can't get out of it. They're like, there's no debt snowball that you and I can do to work our way out of the sin problem that we've created in our life. The only thing that can get us out of this problem is the sacrifice that was already paid on the cross of Calvary by Jesus himself. So today is your day. How do you get out of debt of sin? You surrender your will and your way. You surrender your life to Christ. You accept his free payment for you that he paid it on the cross for your sins and for mine. And maybe you need to receive that here today. It begins with a simple yet significant prayer. And if that's you, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, you say, you know what, Pastor Didi, I need to, I need to experience that freedom from the bondage of sin in my life. If you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip those hands up. Slip them up. Yes, I see you. Thank you. Yes, I see you. Thank you. Yes, sir. I see you right there. Three. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Four. Anybody else? Lighthouse Point. Watching online. 
you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud and say, God, thank you so much for seeing me in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my sin, and saying, you know what, I'm going to create a way where there is no way. Thank you for the incredible gift of your son, Jesus, that paid the ultimate price on Calvary. God, I ask you to forgive me of my past. Change my present by coming into my heart and taking over and secure my future for all of eternity. Fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your goodness and your mercy all the days of my life. Help me to follow you. I surrender my will. I surrender my way. I trust in you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.